This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, Monday, August 21st. Time now for the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Good afternoon. Thanks for listening. I'm Judson Richards. Well, back to school can be an expensive time for families. We'll look at ways to save in our next segment. Right now, the week ahead includes the closely watched annual retreat of the Federal Reserve in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park Business Line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Tom Hudson, financial journalist out of Miami, Florida. Tom, thanks for joining us. All eyes are on the Fed Chair Jay, uh, Jay Powell this week. Could you help us understand that a little bit more? Yeah, eyes and ears as the uh, Federal Reserve will exercise its open mouth policy at elevation in late August in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. What a better place to talk about the economy than in the uh, upper Rockies of the United States. But they do this every year. And a year ago, Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, was uh, really concerned about a recession. Um, Obviously, that did not happen. In fact, quite the opposite. The economy continues to seemingly pick up some speed. The very strong labor market, inflation has come down, but not as much as the Federal Reserve wants. And so that's the open mouth policy, setting expectations. Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve, a number of Federal uh, Reserve officials will be speaking and talking about their expectations of when and how fast do they think the U.S. uh, inflation rate is going to get back down to that 2% target level that they've been targeting now for 18, 19 months of these higher interest rates. Tom, we'll get some housing data this week as mortgage rates just hit a 21-year high. What are your thoughts on housing and those higher rates? I think it's really uh, it's going to certainly color the, the overall market. Existing home sales due out Uh, this week are going to be really important. June, July, August tend to be pretty hot. Uh, Home selling time because parents obviously want to get settled and want to get homes sold and moved in uh, to new homes before the school year starts. But with rising interest rates and these mortgage rates, six and a half, now seven percent plus, how much has that slowed down the the market and also had uh, a smaller uh, growing families feel like they're locked into their homes or smaller homes because of interest rates that they were able to lock in back uh, just a couple of years ago. A lot of fear surrounding a potential recession. Where, where are you on the recession front? Do you think it's going to happen or more of a soft landing? I think it's in the rearview mirror at this point, Judson. I mean, the, the, the economy continues to be very strong. Uh, the market is convinced that the recessionary talk is uh, is over uh, soft landing or not, the market here in the last three weeks is continuing to price in expectations of higher interest rates. Yes, you mentioned mortgage rates. The bond market remains the story over the past couple of weeks with the interest rate on the 10-year benchmark treasury from the United States government hitting a 16-year high. So uh, f- folks continue to expect higher interest rates because the inflation rate is well above 2%, still uncomfortable, and the economy still seems to be withstanding these higher rates. Tom, finally, what's the biggest threat currently to the U.S. economy? Boy, I I think sustained higher interest rates, right, Judson? And a a consumer that continues to be tapped out of credit and banks perhaps beginning to really pinch on credit uh, uh, expectations and the availability of credit in order to fuel consumer and corporate spending. 
Tom, thanks so much for your time. That's Tom Hudson, financial journalist out of Miami, Florida. Coming up, parents preparing kids for back to school, also facing high prices for supplies and clothes. We'll tackle that. WBBM Noon Business Hour. Total back-to-school spending is expected to reach a record $41.5 billion and is up from just under $37 billion last year. Parents are looking for ways to save money as they get their kids stocked up. We are joined now by Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business reporter. Jen, thanks so much for your time today. Back-to-school inflation is hitting parents' pocketbooks this year. Why is that happening? Why is it so much higher this year? Well, as as Tom Hudson and excuse me, hi Judson, good to talk to you. Nice again. to talk to you, Jim. Um, as Tom, as Tom Hudson just said, uh, you know we're you know consumers are tapped out on credit and, and tapped out on everything. Obviously, inflation is hitting us all in a big way. We're going to have a, a bigger hit this year too in Illinois because we uh, we no longer have the gr- the grocery tax suspension that we had that ended in June, and then this year we also don't have a sales tax tax holiday like we had last year. So we're, we're going to get hit a little bit tougher, harder this year. Um, you know, we've got all, you know, we're looking at credit card debt. That's about a trillion dollars. It's record highs across the country, obviously not just here, but we're, uh, but we're going to, you know, that's really going to have some impact on how people save. So what do you have to do? How do you save money on going back to school? You start for only by only the must haves right now. Paper, notebooks, pens, pencils, the things you absolutely, the kids absolutely have to have to start the new year. Other, other things like backpacks or lunch boxes, wait till they go on sale. And they will. Right around Labor Day, maybe right after, they will all go on sale because retailers will want to clear all that excess inventory out before they get ready for the all-important holiday season. But then other things like, uh, let's say, laptops or headphones, coats and boots, you can wait until October or November for those to go on sale, and they will. And you can, you know, if you don't need that stuff right away, don't get it. Hold off on it. There are other ways, too. I've, I've heard of some experts uh, suggesting that you apply for new credit cards that have sign-up bonuses. So, like, Chase has a card, or not Chase, I'm sorry, Capital One has a card that gives you a 200 signing bonus, sign-up bonus when you spend, like, $500 in the first three months. That's that's an easy thing to do if you qualify, of course, but beware, because that'll put a ding to your credit score so if you're kind of, you know, your credit score isn't as healthy as it should be, you might not want to take that. That There are some, uh, some other things, too, you can do. I mean, of course, we talk a lot um, on on here about resale sites such as Poshmark or ThreadUp. But then also, you know, we've got so many parents and um, younger kids going to like a, a Goodwill or a Salvation Army. You can find some pretty good stuff there, and it will be very reasonably priced. Jen, let's circle back to the to the debt aspect of this. Are these higher prices causing consumers to go far into debt more so than we're used to? Well, given the fact that we have a credit card uh, debt right now at a trillion dollars nationwide, that would be a yes. But um, some shoppers have admitted, and this is according to a CNET money survey that I read recently, some, some shoppers have admitted it's mostly their own fault. They're buying more than they usually do, and, and they're buying more expensive stuff than they usually do. But yes, I think I think we've you know we've heard a lot about credit debt. Um, in the last few months, and I just think some of this is really going to end up having a big impact on how parents spend this year. 
Jen, thanks so much for your time. That's Jennifer Water, Chicago-based business reporter. Coming up next, workers are demanding a financial premium to switch jobs. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Well, the price is high for employers looking to lure workers from other jobs. Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert from Robert Half, right here in Chicago, joins us. Michelle, hi, thanks for your time. Workers' unwillingness to change jobs unless they get a huge bump in income, it's saying a lot about the current jobs landscape, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The market is still really tight for skilled talent. And so employees really need to feel confident about the moves that they're making, including um, compensation. So if you're looking for a new job, could this trend give more opportunities at, at a better pay for people? It could possibly, as long as you have the skill sets, not only that the company was requiring, but also, you know, new and, and improving skill sets you definitely have the ability to sell to a company why your pay should be very competitive in the marketplace and oftentimes higher than what you're currently making today. So close to home here, how does the Chicago jobs market stack up nationally? Uh, It it stacks up very well. Um, As far as salaries, we do find that approximately 50% of companies are offering higher starting salaries than they have in the past. And, you know, well over 70 to 80 percent of managers are really looking at whether it's a base compensation increase for their current staff or as they're hiring new staff, making sure that they're really being competitive as far as the marketplace goes. Finally, what types of jobs are in the highest demand currently? Uh, It still remains the healthcare sector. IT has a strong um, need and demand. Accounting and finance, very strong. And service industries, also very strong. Michelle, thanks so much for your time. That's Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago Jobs Expert with Robert Half right here in Chicago. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. WBBM News Time, 1230. Good afternoon. I'm Judson Richards in for Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM, Chicago Public Schools open with a promise that classrooms will be sufficiently cool. Advocates of a chat box tutor call on the academia to embrace the technology. And the former tropical storm Hillary weakens as it moves north and west. And it's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of ideas from a portfolio pro. WBBM Business, the Dow down 89, S&P 500 up 15, NASDAQ up 151. Again, that AccuWeather forecast says looking at a high of 82 degrees. Right now, 79 degrees under mostly sunny skies. It's 1230. It's the first day of classes for the Chicago Public Schools. CEO Pedro Martinez says every classroom should have at least one window air conditioning unit to keep cool during the heat wave, which will kick in tomorrow. We've always had a plan when the city calls an official heat advisory. We give it, you know, we give it, we make sure that our schools know that they have special procedures they follow for recess, for gym. Our team has worked, been working around the clock all of last week, this weekend. Any systems that were having issues, we're getting those resolved. The heat index is forecast to be around 100 tomorrow and up to 115 by Thursday. Hillary has weakened from its peak strength as a tropical storm, but is still bringing the risk of dangerous flash flooding to some areas of the southwest. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass has an update on her city this morning. Reports thus far indicate that as of right now, there have not been any deaths 
are significant risk of injury. The storm system is being blamed for at least one death in Mexico. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park Business Line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Matt Shapiro, President MWS Capital in Chicago. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. So major retailers are reporting quarterly earnings this week, including Macy's, Nordstrom, and Kohl's. Can you give us your expectations? Well, you know, Walmart last week, Judson, had uh, actually excellent, excellent earnings. And, you know, all, all the, the factors uh, for the recovery of the market this year have been there. And, you know, retailers generally being okay have been one of them. Um, so we had a great first half and through July. And now, of course, we've changed the script from last year, which is concerns about a recession, that's out the window. Now, kind of, strength in retailers could be perceived as being slightly negative. So we've had a bit of correction in August, especially with rising interest rates, as investors expect the economy actually to do very well. So on the tech front, NVIDIA releases earnings tomorrow. What are your thoughts on that and the chip space? Well, obviously, one of the biggest stories, you know, artificial intelligence being sold on Wall Street as like the discovery of fire. And NVIDIA has been an incredible stock. It's up today quite nicely. It had been a lot higher, of course. Many of these stocks had a correction, as had Tesla. Those are the two stocks leading the charge today, even though interest rates have been rising and making investors so uncomfortable. Now, the analysts are raising price targets for NVIDIA, but we would really need a super blowout quarter tomorrow. If that happens, though, the stock could be 500. We are wrapping up earnings season. Can we get your your takeaway, what you made of it all? Earnings were good. Um, They had sort of troughed off from very high comparisons of last year, kind of inflation working through the system. So earnings over the next year, Judson, are uh, forecast to grow actually quite quite well, around 10 to 11%. So that's really good. But investors have to also square that up with interest rates. So when the 30-year bond, the 10-year bond up so strong, interest rates about 430 on the 10-year has made investors uncomfortable. So that's why you've seen the stock market to be having a weak August. But remarkably, we're gathering together and the market's up pretty nicely. The critical point is 4,500 and the S&P 500. That's where we need to really build a base over the next few months. What's the biggest threat to stocks uh, heading into the second half of the year? The biggest threat is uncomfortably high interest rates. Absolutely no question. Consumers feel it. Wealthy bond investors feel it with, you know, frustrating results from bond, uh, you know, bond portfolios. However, interest rates are very high. And for investors, a great time to take advantage of yields that are five and a half in a T-bill, 7% in general corporate bonds. So they're really great returns, especially risk adjusted compared to stocks. Matt, finally, two-part question. Do you find any of the areas of the market cheap right now? And what is your advice for the individual investor? Individual investor advice is always stay the course, especially in these uncertain times. Look what happened last year. Everyone thought there was going to be a recession. That didn't happen. The economy works well, and the market's 
unfortunately tend to be a little dysfunctional. So take advantage of it. Right now, a lot of fundamental stocks like International Paper, Alcoa, that makes uh, just aluminum trading at book value. There's a lot of fundamental stocks to look at. Even John Deere, local John Deere, down at uh, you know a three-month relative low. Take a look at that, $388. Matt, thanks so much for your time. That's Matt Shapiro, president NWS Capital, right here in Chicago. Up next, a call to embrace artificial intelligence to improve education. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The nonprofit online learning organization Khan Academy is employing a chatbot as an artificial intelligence tutor in classrooms. Let's discuss the pros and the cons. Matt Wren, founder and tech expert, VRAR Chicago, joins us now. Matt, thanks so much for your time. A lot of people in education talk about the threats of AI in the classroom, but there is another side of the coin. Help us understand how it's being used and the positive effects. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Um, I mean, you know, the first thing to recognize really is that AI is not going to go away. So, you know, while a lot of people are scared of, you know, people, students are going to use it to write their essays and, you know, people are going to use it for plagiarism, there's, you know, the, the benefits of AI are that it's very, very good at doing really fast analysis. So things like determining how best to help a student learn, to understand, hey, what students are having problems with you know, which particular subjects and how can that be addressed? There's a lot of really good ways that AI can be applied to the classroom. And that's all stuff that's going to evolve over time, which is something I know Khan Academy has been focused on for years is how to improve learning. So how are we watching it being deployed currently uh, within education for our students? Uh, well, the big thing that Khan Academy has been doing is they've actually been uh, giving it to teachers as essentially a teaching assistant. So the students are using uh, a Khan Academy kind of a chatbot uh, which is they're able to, the students are able to ask the chatbot questions about how to, you know, help with a problem. It won't give them the answer, but it'll help them to, you know, essentially it'll help them learn how to do the work, but it'll also be tracking those questions and reporting back to the teachers what they're having problems with. So it'll help the teachers, you know, create new rubrics and develop curriculum and determine which students are having problems. So the, the AI is actually being used more as a tool for the teaching and not as much for the students just trying to get their homework done. Is that the, the tutor itself, or is the chatbot tutor something else? The chatbot tutor is both. So the chatbot tutor is, again, there to help the students if they're having problems, but it's also tracking the problems that they're having. So it's it's kind of a two From what I've been reading about Khan Academy, again, I haven't used it myself, um, but I've been reading about it a lot. I have two school-age students, two school-age daughters, uh, and they both use Khan Academy as well, uh, although they didn't use this chatbot because it wasn't around at the time. Uh, but my understanding is that the chatbot is, and there's a couple different chatbots. There's the, there's the tutor where you can ask for example, like help with how to solve a math problem. But then they also have the chatbots where you could, you know, interview a historic figure about something that happened within their life. So you can speak to Albert Einstein or you can speak to Thomas Jefferson. There's a couple of different folks, George Washington. Um, and honestly, I think they're even allowing you to like have a chat with fictional characters like um, some of Shakespeare's characters as well. Well, the math part makes me feel better because I have a three-year-old and I've been dreading the time where he asked me to help him explain uh, how, how to undo this math problem. So will we be seeing AI deployed to more schools going forward? And is this going to be available for you know private schools and your public schools? I mean, right now everything is in a pilot, uh, but I would say you're not, again, this is AI, it's, it's out, it's not going to go away. Uh, it's interesting that you brought up math. 
one of the biggest uh, sort of complaints that I guess some of the teachers have had with the Khan Academy chatbot is the fact that, you know, it's a large language model. So it's really good at sort of predicting the next word, but it's not very good at doing math because it's not actually trained to do math. Uh, so that's one of the complaints that they've had and something, again, it's one of those one of those problems that just by deploying this out to thousands of people, they identified this problem that now needs to be solved. Uh, but the main thing I would say is, yeah, this is it's it's not it's early, but it's not going to go away. So I think the important thing here is that teachers, you know, they need to start learning how this is going to affect education going forward. You know, it's kind of like when I was in school, they wouldn't let you use a calculator to do basic math problems. But now high school students have calculators in every single classroom. It's one of those technologies that's just going to evolve. It's just going to keep coming. Matt, thanks so much for your time. That's Matt Wren, founder and tech expert of VRAR Chicago. Hey, a reminder, join us this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. And still to come, suggestions from our Monday stock picker. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It is Stock Picker Monday. Helping us out this afternoon is Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com there in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, good afternoon. Good to talk to you. What are your picks today that you like? Uh, the first pick is a, a nice kind of mid-cap, small-cap stock. It's Excellus Technologies. The symbol is ACLS. Trades for about $169 a share. It's down from its 52-week high of $201. So it's a stock that has pulled back here in line with a lot of technology stocks. They're in the semiconductor equipment uh, business, and semis stocks have really bounced around pretty dramatically. But it's a company that is still showing very nice growth. Their, their earnings are going to grow very nicely this year, and, and I expect them to grow nicely next year. Uh, it's in a space that will continue to see good long-term growth, the semiconductor manufacturing space. And I think you have to take advantage of kind of dips in these stocks that, to, to buy them because I think the long-term is pretty solid. So that's Excellus Technology, symbol is ACLS, and again, it currently trades for about $169 a share. Can we get your second pick for today? Second pick is Clean Harbors, symbol is CLH. The stock trades for about $171 a share. It's a company in the waste management area. They have a division uh, called Safety Clean, which many people probably have heard of. And it's a business that I've always kind of liked in terms of providing pickup of hazardous and, and non-hazardous uh, waste materials. Uh, the company's earnings are going to increase slightly this year and should uh, bounce even stronger in 2024, up 10%, I'm expecting. Uh, the company's earnings estimates for 2023 and 2024 have risen in the last 30 days, and the company pretty consistently beats earnings expectations. So uh, it's a nice, solid play. It's outside the technology sector, so it provides a bit of diversification to a portfolio. Uh, and uh, it's in a business that I think is going to continue to be uh, pretty solid. That's Clean Harbors, trades for $171 a share, symbol is CLH, and our company and our clients own both of these stocks. Chuck, thanks so much for your time. That's Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com in Hammond, Indiana. Hey, if you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app as well.